Are you curious about, interested in, or working within the field of anesthesiology and you are a woman, person of color, or otherwise do not fit the stereotypical image of what an anesthesiologist looks like? Then this is the podcast for you. We will discuss what life is like on the other side of the blue drape for us. Issues most relevant, such as what is anesthesia really? And we're not talking textbook definition. Tips for applying, success in residency, life as an attending, and beyond. Join us each week as we take a dive into this rich and often misunderstood field. This is your host, Dr. Alicia Peterson, and welcome to Sivo Sisters. Welcome back, y'all. I am so thrilled to welcome this very special guest, uh, my husband, uh, Justin Duguid. Our wedding anniversary is coming up May 27th. And in honor of that anniversary, I thought it'd be a great idea to use this as an opportunity to discuss relationships in medicine. I mean, so many of you have asked me, you know, how did you meet your husband and what relationship advice do you have? So what we decided to do was to divide uh, this topic up into two parts. The first part will be directed mainly at those of you who are single and looking to get into a relationship. And the second part is for those of us who are married. We're going to get into it, but I just want to open the floor for you <laughs> if there was any anything else you wanted to express before we got into our topics. Oh, well, hello. I'm so pleased to be here. My name is Justin, and I'm really feeling the pressure as I believe I'm your first non-medical professional to oh, be on your podcast. Right. You are. So, yes. The second male and the first non-medical physician. Yes. Wow. So I've got to really lay the groundwork here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, how do we meet? Well, that's an interesting topic, I'd say. If we trace it all the way back, I met you through my best friend and college roommate's girlfriend, mother who was high school friends with your dad. So <laughs> that's that's the lineage of how we met. I mean, there were many layers of interrelationships in between there, but somehow we met you from Chicago, me from DC, and yeah. hit it off ever since. So yeah, I have to provide some context. After college, I spent a year at NIH, you know, in Bethesda, Maryland. And I didn't know anyone out there. So uh, my dad, he's fraternity is Cap at Psi, and he knows a lot of people. So I, I shared with him, I was like, you know, yo, who do we know out here that I can connect with? And he shared with me that, um, oh, yeah, I do have a friend out there. And I connected with her and she had a daughter that just graduated college like me. So I had graduated Loyola. She'd graduated from Morgan State. And the mom was like, hey, why don't I have a barbecue inviting everyone and welcoming you to our city? So I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, her daughter named Keisha, she was dating uh, Justin's best friend at the time. And at the barbecue, when we met, we, we hit it off. 
Yeah, there was an instant chemistry between us. And yeah. it was very fortunate that I was able to buy my first car that day and be able to make it to this barbecue. And yeah, this is a serendipitous, to say the least. Yeah. So a few things I want to highlight about this. One, I think part of the reason why it was so successful was that there were so many people we already knew, like who had vetted the process, right? So my dad vetted for, you know, Keisha's mom and, and her mom, you know, has this daughter who graduated and, and she, you know, they all know each other and they all know the caliber of people that they're inviting. And so it's just layers and layers of people who have vetted the individuals involved. So it's not like, even though we, me and Justin didn't know each other directly, because we knew people who knew each other, mm-hmm. it almost ensured to some degree that it would be somewhat of a good match. Yeah. I mean, this was back in the Stone Ages, the early 2000s. I mean, was there online dating back then? Maybe there was Facebook or Mi Gente. So. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, it was not as advanced as it is today where everyone's meeting online. So it's a whole new world. And I don't know if it'll be that level of vetting available for those trying to get into relationships today. I still think there is. I mean, we, we all still go out. Um, We, we have cookouts, we have parties, graduations, weddings. I think that, in some ways may have the impression that, oh, you know, you're in medicine, you know it all, doctor, you got this, and and may not want to step in to say, hey, um, I know of somebody who may be fill in the blank. You know, um, I I think it's, it's still important, whether you're meeting someone online or meeting them in the flesh, that someone is, has vetted this person. Because you don't have time. You don't have free days on end to potentially waste on somebody who really wasn't worth your time. You know, who knows when your next free day off is going to be. Right. So I would strongly recommend that if you are meeting someone online, then bring that person to a party mm. or some kind of large gathering where if it if you don't get along with that person, at least you are still having a good time with the other people at that venue instead of it being a one-on-one date and you're just like, damn. Yeah, this is not, it's not always going to work out. So there's always, I would say there's uh, three red flags you would want to look at in a potential mate and they'll show up pretty early. And I think one thing is that they have to have their own hobbies, friends, and interests. If it seems like they're too into you or they're too making you into their own personal doctor, so they may have their own medical issues and like, oh, great, I can date a doctor. Now they can help solve all my problems. Or my family has all these medical issues. Hey, why don't you be my family doctor? So that's the red flag you want to look out for. Then secondly, another one would be someone who doesn't do well with short-term changes. There are many 
broken dinner reservations because, oh, you have to study for a test or something coming up. It's it's a very dynamic time situation. And you don't know when your next day off may be. You don't know when you may know your vacation time, but maybe you have to swap. So there has to be a lot of flexibility and patience on the side of the partner. Absolutely. Um, to that end, I think, you know, one of the main things I like to do when I get into a relationship with someone is I, I do want to kick the tires. I want to know what's going to make that person upset. Would that person ever get so upset with me that they could potentially raise a hand or do something so rash that I feel like my safety is being compromised? Mm-hmm. So I do, and, and not trying to be drama, but just being real, you know, in the beginning stages of the relationship, I do want to know what's going to make that person mad. So is that to say that I'm trying to like initiate an argument? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we want to know early on, is this somebody who, you know, is really going to fly off the handle? Um, because once you do know that early on, you, you haven't invested so much time where you feel like, man, had I known this person was going to fly off the handle because I missed the, I missed out on that dinner reservation, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wouldn't even have gone this far. Right. Temperament um, is a huge thing. You've got to figure that out early if you're going to be compatible. Yeah. And that's another getting back to vetting. That vetting helps with that. Right. When you know somebody who knows that person and can tell you ahead of time, yo, I saw this person fly off. You know, you got to be careful. You, all of that must be taken into consideration. So I, I wouldn't advocate nowadays meeting anyone blindly, um, but but really having that other pair of eyes. Okay, what was your third tip? Oh, my third one was someone who is very entrenched in one location. So they have their job, their church, family. They've never traveled outside of the area. With the medical field, there's going to be Lots of transitions, and sometimes you don't know where you're going to end up, especially with the match, blind match system you've got. So uh, someone who's not flexible on where they can live, it's 90% sure that that's not going to work out. Yeah. Now, interesting you raised that as a point, because that that was you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you, high school, uh, college, your your job, all of it was in the DMV. That's right. I hadn't even flown outside the D.C. area since, I don't know, I was too young to remember. So that was something that we uh, got through pretty easily, though, I think. Well, I took to the the sky as well. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like you were just in that place in life where you were ready to leave. Hmm. I would say, yeah, I was very comfortable with the DMV area. It's um, been my home. All the family's there. Um, I've never been Chicago, heard of it, but I was up for the adventure and willing to go anywhere with you. Yeah. So I would say, okay, so for those of you not in the area, DMV stands for DC, Maryland, Virginia. So it's not the district of motor vehicles. (laughs) It's the shorthand we use here. (laughs) The keys to success were not only the, the vetting and the chemistry, but also it was a time in life where we both graduated from college, um, very open to what the future had in store. Uh, I took two years off following undergrad 
and went to med school in 2006. So that first year when I was in NIH, that's when I met Babe. And that second year, I taught fourth graders for a year. So we had two years on site together before we commenced a long distance relationship because I got accepted to Rush in Chicago. Yes, yes. And that was, I don't know, we did about three to four years as a long distance relationship. So yeah, there's a lot to learn with doing that. Um, I actually have some tips for doing long distance relationships because that is a very real possibility where both can't be at the same place for some extended time. That's just how things go. So um, some tips that I think was helpful was to talk about things other than medicine. You were definitely entrenched in studying and tests and exams and rotations. And so it was up to me to bring the topics that were maybe the hot topic of the day or um, what's going on in culture. So we could have something to ease your brain and not just be drowning on about. Right, right. And I mean, obviously, we all recognize how important that is for our mental health to be able to take space away from all the things that we have to memorize in medical school. Mm -hmm. But a big question that people do have is how, how did you do with that time apart? I mean, obviously, for me, my mind, you know, I'm with my study groups, I'm with the material and really wrapped up in that life mm-hmm. during your time when you're, you know, working, you are, you know, out with friends, those friends, they have relationships, mm-hmm. you know, h- how did you navigate being, being in a relationship, but very much sort of feeling like, well, you were- this was where I say having your own interest and friend group comes in handy because my friends had weekly or so gatherings. This is I mean, relatively fresh out of college, so people had a little bit more free time to hang out. Uh, nowadays, not so much, but it was it was feasible to have this hangout guys time, or even go out on, you know, maybe there was double dates, and I would just be the wingman or something like that. So it was it was something that we could handle. And we saw each other quite frequently, I mean, every other week or so, something Mm -hmm. to that effect. So it was um, having the job and having the friend group and then having my own interests. I was always looking into something. I was sports betting or something. So (laughs) I kept my time occupied because I knew you wouldn't be super available. We had a time zone difference. Then you had all the studying you had to do in crazy hours. So it was good that I had so many things to keep me busy when we weren't together. Yeah, definitely. And so a key for those of you looking for qualities in a partner, it is someone who has their own life. They're fulfilled. They're not looking at you to fulfill some void, to, to, be some kind of servant to Could them. you imagine if I were like, hey, babe, what are we going to do next week? Can you uh, set something up for us? It would just never happen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Um, like, I'm just trying to take a nap. How about naps? <laughs> right, right. How about a nap? Yeah. Um, we may not want to acknowledge it, but it's true that the women women are supposed to be the carer, nurturers, cooks, 
those kinds of things. And then you just get to exist. Um, and so, yeah, life is not like a fifties TV show anymore where the guy goes off to work and the lady has dinner ready on the table and his cigar lit ready. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I, I agree, but you know, these archaic notions are still very much in the heads of many, many men. Um, and only surgeons, right? Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, so I mean, when you, I'm not sure at what point you recognize that that wasn't going to be a role I filled. You know, how did you digest that? Hmm. Well, I grew up in a fairly traditional household where my mom stayed home after uh, my brother was born and um, dad went off to work. And so that was what I saw growing up. It was a loving, healthy relationship. And I saw that as a model for what I would expect in a marriage when I got married. But after meeting you and we just had good times together and there wasn't strict roles set up for us. So I think getting exposure to this non or this fluid role, gender role, it kind of set up for a relationship where we kind of just took it one day at a time and saw where things needed to be done and we did the role as as needed. So that's how I handled yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think it was incredibly freeing, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm not to have to subscribe to that because it's a lot of pressure um to to do all the things and then try to live up to some random arbitrary oppressive gender role that's still floating in the air. So I I was just up for the adventure of whatever we were going to do together. And I knew that you were going to be working and it was going to be a pretty intense job. So it wasn't fair to me in my mind to put other demands on you as well. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. Now, is there anything else that you would mention regarding long distance relationships, because you mentioned the the partner has to have a life of their own mm. hobbies, relationships, things that they enjoy. We did the long-term relationship all throughout medical school. So that's four years, Yes, four yes. years of us spending vacations and every other weekend kind of a that's right. timing. Yeah. So another tip I would say, is that while it's natural that there's going to be the home and away location, one person's at home, the other one's at their home, uh, there's got to be the neutral location time. So you may get the week off for a vacation or even just a random weekend where I think you both go somewhere new. Oh, yeah. So do you remember the time when I gave you that quote unquote, long layover in Orlando and surprised you with the Disney trip. <laughs> so yeah, I think that was, that was a cool thing where we just met up. You were totally surprised. We were, yeah. we were going to Disney and it was, it was a new dynamic where neither one of us was at home and we both got to explore somewhere new Yeah, together. Yeah. I didn't even know that was, that was your rationale behind that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree. And I think in some ways I'm glad you wrapped it in a surprise because sometimes when we're so entrenched in what we're doing, 
it's like, oh my gosh, going somewhere new. It's like, oh, I got to pack this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do there. And I got to look up the weather. I got to look up activities. And, and you know, the, the excitement is shot down before you even went because, mm-hmm. again, you're so you're so burnt out from all the stuff you had to do that anything, even if it is something exciting and new, just seems like more of a burden to carry. Mm-hmm. So for you to, you know, wrap that in a, oh, it's just a layover, no big deal. (laughs) It took away what all of my anticipation could have been. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a personality type thing. So maybe physicians are a little bit more structured and they like to have things planned out in advance Mm -hmm. and know what's going to happen step by step. So to have a dynamic where one person is able to Come in, surprise. Um, hey, we're just going to play it by ear, see where things go and see where things lead. That adds a freshness and mm-hmm. excitement to life. The joy to vive. So it's, yeah, yeah I like to have that dynamic going every once Definitely. in a while. Definitely. I mean, I, I think it's good to have, because we talked about for singles. Yes. Uh, we really would like our singles to have that person vetted in some way. Right. And once they meet this person and they're vetted, that this person is demonstrating having a life outside of the relationship. Yes. Meaning they have hobbies and interests and they're complete people. Yes. They're they're actively engaged in their own life and hobbies and interests. And you both come together and as two complete people. Right. Make a happy relationship. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and I and I and I get it. You know, it's easier said than done because mm-hmm. people are out here on totally different agendas. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's easy at all. But I all I am saying is that your time is so valuable. You don't have free time. You don't have every weekend all your evenings open. So you have to think critically on how you're going to spend your time and who you're going to spend your time with, ensuring that. Your free time is spent you doing what you enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sivo Sisters. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you don't miss out. New episodes drop every week on a Monday because we all can use a little something, something to get us through the week. Am I right? I'd love to hear more from you on the topics that you want to hear. So let me know in the comments. This is Dr. Peterson signing off. See you next time.